Hey guys, what's up and welcome back to this week's episode of That Scale RC Show. We are on episode 62. I'm your host Adam alongside with Jeremy and unfortunately we do not have Travis to keep us in check this week. Uh, he's on his own podcast recording tonight. Um, just had conflicting schedules so we're going to have to um, you know, run with it, see what happens. So... Um, let's see. What do you want to jump into first? Because uh, there was kind of some big news that kind of dropped over the weekend. Yeah, um, there was actually, huh? So, we, so Monday, the Element Gatekeeper came out. Yep. Yep. And it's pretty darn fun. We have one, and it's been a really good time. So we've been doing a lot of video and photos and stuff, and. Uh, Managed to meet up with John Schultz. He was up here in the Pacific Northwest getting, uh, helping his daughter get settled into her new place up here. And so he decided to kind of use that time to check out the local RC scene and visit some shops and stuff and hang out with us at Die Hard. And I got to take him up to Anacortes and check out some of the spots that we crawl at and stuff. And now it was, it was really cool. We had a lot of fun. We did a, uh, the very last, uh, no prep drag race for this season was at Die Hard, and John came out for that, and we did like a meet and greet thing and a trail run and stuff, and it was a lot of fun. A super good time. Nice. Sounds like a lot of fun. Yeah, um, it was. Yeah, it was pretty cool. And then also, um, I'm going to give you a little shameless plug right now. If you haven't checked it out, um, if you go to SOR's uh, YouTube, they got a they got some pretty good videos on the Gatekeeper already. Yeah, we're we're trying to. It's it's been just you know working on stuff like that when we can. It's a lot of like late night stuff just to make time for it. But it's been pretty cool. This is like the first actual like rig release that we've been a part of. Like we did the IFS, and then um, there wasn't enough of the trail runners to go around for that launch. But we were. Uh, lucky enough to be included on this one and man oh man it has it's just been really fun like I had to so that camping trip that we talked about last episode that Travis and I went on that was basically to head out and just get a lot of footage and pictures and just to be able to create content around the release of the gatekeeper and so we spent three days over kind of near central Washington in the Cascade Mountain Range uh doing our thing and recording and crawling around on our stomachs trying to get good scale shots in the dirt and on riverbeds and stuff and it was pretty fun didn't have a lot of time to get it ready like i think i built the car basically within like a 24-hour period because it showed up like the a day or two before we had to leave and uh I built the car like within 24 hours start to finish. And I know that sounds like a long time, but um, with this, I had to do templates and paint the panels and stuff and then make a wrap for it and everything. And so there was a lot of other stuff on my end that I had to do to it. So hammered that thing out in record time. And uh, man, it's, it's fun. It's kind of a good, you do it all truck. Um, when we built the one nine bomber, maybe a month afterwards we got word that this was going to be coming out and uh we're pretty excited about it because a one nine like one nine cars are just fun like two two seems kind of dead really and so 
we uh i've i've just i really like one nine and i wanted a one nine ultra four style car so we made the bomber and then this came out and uh it's a really good do-it-all truck like you can slow crawl with it you can take it on a track with some gearing changes and jump stuff and do some u4 racing with it and it, it's just a lot of fun trailing arm suspension um i don't know i i can go on and on and on about it but yeah that it just it has a lot of really awesome features and stuff so it's a great great rig for sure well yeah you can go on and on and on about it because it's actually something we can talk about so we're not having a short 45 minute episode <laughs> yeah good point no so it's so some of the things that were cool with this um you know whenever a manufacturer releases something like this it you have to hit like that price point where it's going to be you know reasonably priced for the public and you want to cram as many features into it but yet you know you can't have the price of it skyrocket and unfortunately that's just kind of the byproduct of you know cool add-ons and materials and stuff is it is expensive and so there's some um kind of some like compromise that needs to take place on certain things um it, i'm not saying they really like compromised on stuff but like for example um it comes with all hard plastic, which is really cool. That's their gray plastic, and this stuff's just super, super tough and durable. So it looks really neat with all the gray plastic underneath it, as like axle housings and shock towers and all that stuff. So it's got that. Um, it has little metal inserts that are threaded that come from their B uh, 6.1 two-wheel drive buggy race car, and they use those for the shock mounts so that you've got all kinds of shock mounting options to uh, adjust your ride height and stuff. So that was really cool. Um, metal pivot balls instead of plastic, like on their other kits. So that's, that's pretty big. Um, gosh, what else? Oh, bronze shock bodies. So it's got like the bronze goldish shock bodies on it, which looks really, really good. Um, those have always been kind of like a really sought after item on these cars and associates always out of them, but it was really cool to see that they included those with the kit. Um, as far as the transmission goes, it does have plastic gears, but I really don't feel like that's necessarily a bad thing. Um, you know, they had to do some things like that to keep the price down. Like I was saying, I personally have never stripped out or broken a associated transmission with their plastic. Um, so for me, it, it was a non-issue, you know, I, I'm not super tough on my stuff or anything. And it's held up to that 3,100 KV brushless Tekken system that's running off of a three cell in it and, uh, absolutely no issues there. So, um, yeah, no, it just, it's, it's a really great car with a lot of really awesome features. You can add a second battery to it if you want, um, the rear shock towers have provisions for mounting that. You can add a sound box there if you want. Like, there's a lot of things that would fit on the mount, which is really cool. Um, a lot of people have been asking if IFS bolts up to it, and answers yes. It's based on the Enduro platform, so it's got a C-channel chassis, just like all the other Element Enduros. 
and so uh, IFS bolts right on. I believe you have to swap the cage, or excuse me, not the cage, der, the uh, front shock towers. I think you need to put the standard ones on if I understand correctly, but um, we're getting ready to install that probably over the weekend, so I'll have a definite answer for people if that's something that's required or not. Um, but yeah, no, it, it's super super fun it jumps good that was pretty cool uh we took it on an eighth scale off-road dirt track and it was doing some of the doubles and stuff and so uh that was pretty awesome um it comes with a sway bar and that's definitely something that you need on a trailing arm suspension truck because torque twist uh there's a lot of articulation there and the torque twist can be really uh noticeable when you go to a trailing arm suspension so it comes with a sway bar and the sway bar is really great because it's still soft enough for really good crawling and articulation so um yeah the, the sway bar works incredible on it i'm sure there's going to probably be some people taking them off I, I don't know why you would want to but that just seems like something that people are kind of divided on you know crawling with the sway bar it's it just kind of depends on who you ask whether they think it's good or not personally i i like them because i don't run you know a lot of articulation in my rigs so i don't mind it being a little more stable and back but uh no it, it's been great it's super super fun detailed interior and driver heads and cool fuel cell and radiator come with it so it's got like really cool scale details that bolt onto it so that's pretty neat um all all those plastic pieces come black so you have to paint those but you know that was that was half the fun of it was like painting all that stuff up and doing all the scale details with paint pens and stuff it was a really good time so um oh another cool thing is it's got uh they actually made provisions on it for proline light bars it, as far as i know this is one of the first probably the first truck kit to come out that is built to accept something from the aftermarket which i i kind of feel like that's big news in a way just because it's never been done before and proline has really great bright light bars and they're nice and slim they look really scale and uh yeah they've got mounts up front behind the front bumper for a two inch and then on the roof they've got holes to add the four inch one and then it I'm going to find out for sure when the stuff shows up, but I also had heard that there's a section of the rear cage that comes out and you're able to put a rear light bar, like one of the uh, safety light bars that's on desert racing trucks and King of the Hammers cars, and uh, you're able to put that in the back of it too. So really, really cool that they you know, kind of look at what people are running out there in the aftermarket and what popular light bars are and stuff, and that they you know, made provisions to include mounting areas for proline products on it so i i thought that was really rad that was um kind of a new thing to to see so yeah right on um yeah no it looks really cool and i'm not gonna lie so that actually and it's funny that you were talking about it and that actually is what sparked me to say you know what i have my bomber it's been sitting there it's in complete kit form um, it's still got the kit links, the, you know, in the, the AR-60s and, you know, all that stuff. Uh, and I think I'm going to turn it into a 1-9 bomber. Dude, it's, they're super fun. And, like, they don't look all goofy and monster truckish with, 
you know, when you get one nines on it instead of the two twos, like two twos are so stinking big in proportion to the car. And like, when you look at like a real ultra four car, they're not ginormous vehicles. And that's what like the two two rigs would be, you know, they'd have like 60 some odd inch tires on them if it was truly scaled out. Like it's, it's ridiculous. And so I, I think they look a lot more proportional and better with having the one nines on them. And it, they still do really great. I, I did high clearance front links on the front of my bomber and uh, did twin hammers trailing arms in the rear and thing doesn't get hung up on stuff. It's super stable. It crawls really good. It can still haul ass. Like it's just really fun. Like you're, you're really going to enjoy yours. Like so far I've spent a lot more time driving my one nine bomber than I ever did my 2.2 bomber. So I guess my next question is, so for the links up front, do you also use like, for instance, in my case, would I be using my like 10-2 stock front links or? Uh, yeah, I don't know because Axial has a little bit shorter rod ends than Element does because since I'm a associate driver, for people that don't know, I, I put that bomber is just the bomber cage and skid. Um, it's got Proline shocks on it, associated links, uh, or excuse me, Element links. Um the element stealth X transmission is in it instead of the bomber transmission. Um, so there was a lot of things I did to have element parts on it, but the element high clearance links fit it really good. But like I said, the link link or the rod end length is a lot different than the axial one. So I'm not quite sure how that'll work out. What I'll probably need to do is just have you send me, um, overall link lengths and then, I can cross-reference and see what I need to do because, I mean, since I came up with the idea, I already started, like, kind of, like, you know, gather, farming out parts and making sure, like, I was getting this, that, and the other. Like, um, I just, you know, the, the biggest hurdle was finding uh, trailing arms for it, and I actually was like, all right, what am I going to do? And I searched high and low for trailing arms because, like you said, it needs to be twin hammers, so I'm going – I don't even know if anybody makes those anymore. So, I mean, I looked through everything, uh, A-Main, RPP, um, Vanquish, eBay, Amazon, could not find twin hammer uh, trailing arms. And then I remember I bought that UC Fab kit, or kit, the UC Fab car um, about two years ago, and it came with... Um, trailing arms, and I guess what you would call leading arms, because they also had them in the front, but I didn't plan on running it that way. This It was actually a car somebody actually com competed in U4 with. I just wanted it to say I, I owned a UC Fab car. So I uh, basically took everything off that I wasn't going to use through it in a box. Well, turns out that those li those uh, trailing arms are actually the short ones, so they're for like, the twin hammers, so I'm going to end up being able to use those, so found out that I already had some parts, so it's getting me a little more, you know, amped and hyped up to want to get the job done. So do you have, like, everything sitting in a box and you just throw it in there as it shows up, or how are you doing that? That's pretty much how most of my builds are. Um, I've learned, you know, especially in this hobby, I guess this is a nice little tip and trick for anybody who's listening who, you know, does <clears throat> multiple builds and or has a lot of builds. Uh, that they are working on. Um, basically, I get a box. I just write it on it. This is what it is. 
Um, or if it's a distinct box, then I just know, okay, that box has all the parts for, you know, car A or car B or 1-9 bomber, Capra, whatever it is. And um, basically what I do is I just have a box and I just start loading up all the parts that I have already and I just keep throwing them in there. And then once they're all there, it makes life so much easier for me because then I can actually just sit down, start swapping everything over, um, and yeah. So, um, I'm like I said, I'm stoked. Um, you know, I want to get this thing going, and it's actually funny because it's got me doing a little bit of um, what's the word? Like I got musical parts going around now because I I do feel bad because I have a set of the CNC uh, 2.2 wheels on the bomber, and I'm like, man, I feel bad like you know not running these like you know because they're not like they're not a common wheel anymore so it's not something you can find really easily so I'm like I don't really want to get rid of them but then you reminded me uh, when we were texting and stuff you know why not put it on the Capra so I said all right so the 2.2 wheels from the bomber are going to go on the Capra and I'm going to stretch one nine tires over them kind of give it that more rock buggy look kind of like what the Capra is supposed to be and right. and um, the wheels that I currently have on the Capra will be going to the bomber and I'll just have to get another set of 1.9 tires of some sort. Um, I'll either end up with the cam 3s or the um, crawlers. Did you... So, with those CNC's, are they 3 quarters of an inch wide or 1 inch wide? Those ones, I believe, are 3 quarter. Oh, okay. They might so be one. I, I don't know. I'm not 100% sure. Because those OMFs you sent me were uh, three quarters of an inch. And if the wheel was a little wider, I think it would have looked a little better stretched on. Um, my buddy Jared had one inch, or excuse me, yeah, he had one inch, 2.2. Uh, God, throwing so many numbers around, it starts to become a tongue twister. Um, he had one inch wide SSD 2.2 wheels that he put on his capper and stretched them. And it actually looked a little bit better than mine because the sidewall didn't have that funky, like, rollover to it, you okay. know? like. Mm -hmm. That was one thing I noticed is when you stretch onto a three-quarter wide, like, it, it really makes the sidewalls, like, really round, which was kind of weird looking. Huh. Yeah, honestly, I don't know. That's a good question because basically Greg used to make those wheels, like, he would kind of pick a generic size, and then he'd actually almost, like, tailor them to what you want. If you wanted, like, I mean, when I got those wheels, those were the first wheels I ever ordered from him, and they were... They were back when he was basically – it was like like placing an order at like, you know, the deli. Like he was like, all right, do you want this? Do you want – do you want um, how many – you know, what kind of rings are you going to put on the front? Do you want the scale ones? So I need to put, you know, whatever the appropriate holes are or are you going to do like the eight hole or, you know, are you going to do the eight hole on the back or are you going to do the full, you know, whatever? And you basically just ordered it the way you wanted. I just forget what – the width was of those wheels. I just forget if I said if if he said I typically do this in a you know thir three quarter or I typically do this in a one inch. You know what do you want? And I I think I just said do whatever's the common one. I don't know. So um, I'm really not sure. I'd have to take those apart and see. Yeah, I mean either way it'll look good. It's just I'm extra picky, and so I was just like you know, critical of my own build, but I mean, everybody that saw it thought it looked rad. So, I mean, well, the cool, yeah, the cool thing is too, is, um, cause I know you've been bugging me about it. 
the wheels from the bomber will complement the wrap that you sent me for the Capra better than the wheels that are on the Capra. Oh, nice. Because, That's good then. Because you did more of a gold, and I did like a bronze kind of, um, almost like copper finish on those wheels. Because at the time I was trying to, I wanted to mimic the burnt bronze, but I, you know, at the time I, I didn't know that you could get, you know, air dry Cerakote. So I was like, I don't know how I'm gonna like achieve that look because I've never seen paint that's close to that. So I, you know had my buddy bead blast the wheels then I shot him with you know just some paint and said alright there you go that's what I'm running with so now I can get them re-blasted and if I want to you know finish them to a different color um, for the bomber I can do that but um, yeah so when when you sent me the wrap I was like well I'm gonna have to redo the wheels eventually because they're just not gonna match the wrap so oh, yeah. So, but it's, it's, it's cool but it actually it's funny now because now I'm thinking about it um, I'm probably going to have to redo the wrap on the bomber and I want to redo the wrap on my deadbolt. So I'm going to have to place an order with you one of these days. Yeah, whatever you want to do, man. So, because... Get you set up. Because, yeah, because... Can you believe, dude, that that, that that bomber wrap was like... I think that bomber wrap was... Was that the first wrap you ever did for us? Yeah. And that was the first time you ever used. Well, I think it was because you're using it for the Axial Fest stuff. That was the first. That that wrap had the gold flake in it. Yeah, that's right. So, was, yep. I, I still have a sticker from that Axial Fest on my laptop, just because I liked how that looked so much with the gold and the black. Yeah, actually, I I still and it's still so funny. I. I'm 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 that guy. I never really scour through my you know my bag when I get the stuff at Axial Fest and stuff. I kind of like wait till I get home. It's almost like that like party favor bag. Like you know once you get home you're like all right let's see what came in here you know kind of thing. Yeah yeah. And uh, it was funny because you were talking about you were kind of like bummed out because you're like man I don't know what happened. I don't know who won the other thing because this you know the the sticker no one ever claimed it and dude I get home and I'm emptying out the bag and I got the sticker. What are the odds, to you? That's so funny. I was like, <laughs> I remember sending you a text going, hey, is this the sticker you're talking about? <laughs> <laughs> that was pretty funny. I remember that. Uh, but, yeah. So. Those were good times. Schultz and I were talking about Axial Fest a little bit. Yeah. Just missing that whole camp out camaraderie big event feel just i don't know i miss that that was a lot of fun well there's a lot of things it's just it's like this year just kind of like you know and i don't want to bring this like podcast to a depression like a depressing state right now but i mean it's like you know you think about it look at everything that's been going on this year i don't even know if there, there hasn't even really been an event at least like a legitimate event on the west coast that i know of you know every single one of them has been canceled or postponed yeah, there's just been like little club events in our state, and that's really about it. There's, there's a event. I don't know how big it's going to be. I don't really know much about it just yet. But there's going to be an event over in Boise on the weekend of the 25th. It's a big skull comp. So, um, I know that's going on. But aside from crawling out of COVID and that, I I don't really know of much else happening at the moment. I believe the week. It's either the weekend after or two weekends after I forget if it's the I don't have a calendar in front of me I forget if it's the weekend or what would that be of the seven of like the 10th because I believe that's like the following weekend or if it's the weekend of like 
I want to say like the 18th or 19th. Um, they are doing a Ultra 4 at Red Rock. Oh, wow. If I'm not mistaken. Wait, is that Trail Hero? or It might be at Trail Hero that they're doing You mean it. like a Scale Ultra? Or real they're doing ultra? a Scale Ultra. Oh, okay. Supposedly. Yeah. Um, yeah, I heard that too, which that would be very cool if that's the case. So I don't, but yeah, I don't know. Um, that's one thing that I really like. Uh, I, I don't know how many people know, but Chris doesn't work at Altra anymore. Really? And like, yeah, he, it is just time for a change. And with COVID and stuff, their sales dropped off. And so they had to, you know, make some staff adjustments and stuff. And so Chris isn't there anymore, but like, I really hope that's something that just, stays because it was it's such a cool idea it's a neat event and it gets people out and exercising and stuff and i just i hope it's something that stays around well that's interesting because see i never knew that see i didn't know i always assumed just the way chris presented everything that he was one of like the higher ups like you know with the company i didn't know he just worked for them oh yeah he was he did like their he did just a lot of like publicity stuff and everything and like he would um take care of their sponsored athletes and make sure that they have the stuff that they need and everything. So he, he had a, a really important job there, but unfortunately those cool jobs that are like that when there's no events going on and stuff because of COVID, it kind of eliminates the need for that position. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it, it, it's sad. It, it's a huge bummer, but you know, on to different things and, He's, you know, he, he's an incredibly smart guy. He's really, really nice, and I'm sure he'll find something that, you know, will be he'll be just as awesome at. So. Oh yeah. Um, but like you said, I think those are really the only events. So it's like, you know, it's it's kind of been weird to like sit back and think about it because it's like, I remember. I remember getting all excited, like I was all gung ho. Got the ten three, was trying so hard to get it done as fast as possible because I said I gotta have this thing presentable for Axial Fest. And then, boom, <laughs> rug got pulled out from underneath you, and you're like, all right, well, never mind. And then it's like, then everyone was getting excited for Proline, and then that happened. And you're like, okay, so I don't know. It'll be interesting. That's why I am excited for this weekend because I will be at crawling out of COVID. Um, it'll it'll be interesting because like, I, I really don't know what to expect. I don't know what the atmosphere is going to be like. I don't know, you know, how many people are going to show up. Um, it's going to be very interesting because, unfortunately, being that we're in California, I think we're still like. The like the crowd mentality or the mentality of California itself, we're really split down the middle. You have two different you know types of people who look at what's going on. You got the people that are super freaked out, think that you could just breathe the air and you're gonna get COVID. Then you got the other people that think just when you just being around people is gonna give you COVID. And then you got the other people that are just like, and they don't you know really give a crap about anything so it'll be interesting to see because i know mark and the boys have been pushing for you know make sure you follow all the covid guidelines you know have a face covering have oh, yeah. hand sanitizer wash your hands you know try to social distance the best you can um, yeah, from a from a like liability standpoint yeah it's good that he's being that way 
I mean, he has, he has to be that way, really. Well, know? I mean, we, we all have to, because if you actually really do think about this too, like, and that's what I've been trying to tell some people, because there's been some people that have already popped off saying like, I'm not going to be wearing a mask. I'm not going to be da 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 da, you know? Oh God. And it's like, you know, are you one of those, are you the social justice warrior? Like trying to like, you know, save the weights, like, or rebel. And you're just trying to be like, ah, I'm just going to do whatever and F this and F that. Or, it, you know, like, is that truly how you feel? And I'm sure it's a little bit of both, but the way I look at it is you also got to remember there's going to be people taking photos, and I think my biggest fear for this event, and maybe I'm just being a weirdo or a Debbie Downer, is you're going to get, you know, we're going to get on with this, you know, event. We're going to have it, and then people are going to snap photos, and you're going to start seeing all these people either, A, wearing them or not wearing them, and what it's going to do is it's going to put that event under a microscope, and either you're going to get people, like, across the country going, these guys are idiots, I can't believe they did this, look at how they ran everything, blah, 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 or you're going to get, or they're going to isolate the ones that are, you know, not following the protocol, and they're like, look at this group, you know, so it's like, I think the best bet to do it is just, you know, you got to play the game, you know, and yeah, which is good advice, dude. Cause like we, it's split up here, like what you're talking about. And we have like, you know, the tough guys that are, you know, you're not going to take away my rights. I'm not wearing no mask, you know, and like you got those guys. And then there's people like me that are just kind of like, Hey, you know what? I'll just play along, be cautious you know, it doesn't really affect me too badly, you know, in my life any. I'm just going to do what you're supposed to do just in case. And, yeah, just play it safe, you know. I'm not, like, freaked out about it, but be smart about it, you know. Well, and that's the thing. It's, it's about being smart about it. And it's also, you know, and I don't want to, like, I guess turn this into, like, a, you know, kind of like a political thing or whatever. But it's kind of like... It brings back this whole, like, at least the way I view life or try to view life. Um, I've always, you know, thought and kind of been told and taught that, you know, you need to treat others the way you want to be treated. And, you know, we have, you know, we're in America. We have the right to kind of like free speech, freedom, you know, to do what you want to do, you know, obviously to an extent. Um, and, you know, but you need to be able to respect the other people doing it, you know, as well. Like, just because you're Mr. Tough Macho Guy that goes, oh, I'm not going to wear any of this stuff because it's stupid, you have the right to say that. You have the right to feel that way, and you have the right to express that. But at the same time, the person who is freaked out and doesn't like it and wants you to be wearing a mask, thinks everyone should be wearing one, they have the right to feel that way too. But it, but the, the hard part is the not pointing fingers and getting mad and yelling at the opposite side just because they don't agree with what you agree on or what you think well, is right. So With it being a mandate, like everybody's supposed to, so just do what you're supposed to do and there's no arguments or anything. If you're supposed to wear them when you're out in public or in an event, wear them and that's it. You know, it's like Mark and his family are awesome people and they go to a lot of work to put on events for people each year and you know don't if you're planning on going just play along don't be the dickhead that ruins it for everybody you know like, yeah and my the main thing i was getting at because you can apply it to anything is you know 
even if you see somebody like let's say you're like let's say you're you're a listener and you're going to be at the event and let's say you see a group of people or one person you know that says we're not going to wear a mask you don't need to be on some public shaming and be like look at these assholes that chose not to do this or look at these jerks and da 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 they think they're above everything just let it be you you know it's like don't draw any attention to it just like you know i think unfortunately that's what's going on with everything is everybody turns everything into like a shaming like you know thing it's like if you don't 100% agree with this it's like oh you got to shame the person for not having the same you know views or beliefs as you and it's like why yeah exactly I don't know, I'm worried about, like, their driver's meeting and stuff. You know there's always going to be, like, that one dude in the driver's meeting who's going to be like, I ain't wearing no mask. I'd like to see you try and make me. Like, there, I guarantee there's going to be a couple of those that you'll end up hearing in the driver's meeting. Well, it, it is what it is. My thing is I'm just, you know, hey, you know, do I find it comfortable wearing masks all the time? No, but that's why I've actually switched over to the gaiters, to the face shields. So, um... They're a little easier to breathe out of. Uh, if you get actually the ones that are made out of like the right material, they actually do two. Um, they actually do two things. Like I got, I have two of them. I have the, I have one from that uh, company SA, um, and that one's more of like a fabric. It's, it's all right, but you, it'll still make you sweat pretty bad um, wearing it. But the other one that I got, um, and I don't know who, who makes it for them, but I got it through. Um, Yee uh, Yee Apparel. Um, it's if if you follow, um, there's a, I guess you could say he's a country singer, but he also has a parody. That and the parody guy is kind of the one I follow. But anyways, Granger Smith. It's his company, Granger Smith. Um, he, uh, I don't know who does his, but his is almost like a neoprene, almost like a. It's almost like that same material that, of the stuff that you get and you wet and you like tie it around your neck and it's supposed to keep you cool. Oh yeah, that's like my ultra one. It's yeah. made out of that. So so this one's made out of that, and the reason why I like that one a lot better is because when you wear it, like when your neck starts sweating, it actually keeps you cool because it's like turning your sweat into like a cooling, you know, sensation. So it's like I like wearing that one. So it's kind of like a twofold. I can breathe out of it better, and it kind of keeps you cooler. So. And you enjoy the sensation. I enjoy the sensation. Which is the probably the most important thing. So. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I don't know. I guess in short, if you guys are going to crawling out of COVID, just be cool. Don't ruin it for everybody. Don't get Mark and them in trouble. Just be cool, and nobody will get in trouble because they don't deserve that just because you want to be inconsiderate. Well, the other thing that I thought was actually pretty funny too is I believe they changed because like now that's the other thing too, and I'm sure some people are going to be confused. So so Mark runs Crawl for a Cure. That's his, you know, that's his thing. Um, that's his event. That's like, and it's so cool to see that event grow to what it is today. And it's interesting because I think he kind of knew this year, like back when he made this decision, I think he knew this year was not going to be like straightforward so i don't think he really wanted to mess with all the stuff that he normally does with crawl for a cure so uh he uh 
kind of like brainstormed with some of the, with the ASD guys and said, "What do you want to do?" So they came up with crawling out of COVID. Now, I believe because this has been announced since I want to say almost like March, April. I I truly think they thought by now we'd be kind of done with COVID. So I think that's yeah. why they chose the name crawling out of COVID. So it's a little ironic that it's crawling out of COVID, but we're still in the middle of it. Yeah, <laughs> it's yeah, kind of interesting. But hey, it's just a name. Um, yeah, exactly. Now it's making the best of a situation we're all having to deal with. So there is another cool thing that's going to be going on there. Uh, like I said, I don't know how many listeners are actually going to go. Um, Greg Passmore is buddies with Greg Held, who is um, CNC Custom Wheels, and I guess Greg Held built a rig that is going to be raffled off. So I believe it's $5 per ticket. Oh, cool. And all the money is going to Lucille Packard's Children's Hospital. Nice. So That's really cool. So, yeah, so um, he'll be selling raffle tickets. Um, he said out of his campsite, but last time I checked, there really isn't going to be any designated campsites that I saw. But I could be wrong, so I guess you just kind of got to find out where where Dan's gonna or sorry where uh, Greg's gonna be at and uh, go get your uh, ticket. So and he said you must be present to win. So if you buy a bunch of tickets and you decide to take off before he does the drawing, you have uh, voided your chance. So um, yeah, so that'll be cool. I'm hoping I'm hoping it raises some money because. Uh, Greg did something similar last year, and I think he raised like $1,200. Where do I know the name Greg Passmore from? So Greg Passmore, I wonder if you know him from – because this guy, I'm not kidding. Greg Passmore, and I was going to sound like a total fanboy, he's one of those guys, he literally can do everything. Rad. So he, I think by trade, he's a auto body guy or like a mechanic like he builds custom rigs or in repair stuff like he's like i think he either owns or works at a performance shop and then he's got a pretty badass wheeler he has a chevy love that he turned into like a wheeler it's got you know 60 14 volts on like 42s it's i mean the thing's gnarly um he also he i don't know if he ever competed competed in motocross but he does compete in hill climbs from time to time and he just he just did a hill climb right before all this stuff happened god that's gnarly hill climb those guys are nuts dude so that's yeah so that's where you might have sound, heard the name that might you know like because i know you used to do all the motocross stuff too so like i said i don't know if he ever actually did any of that um but he's semi-local to me he's about 30 40 minutes north of me in um where is he at? He's in the Concord area, I want to say. Hmm. Maybe I know him from hill climbing, seeing his name there, because, man, there it's not like a really big crowd that does that, but the guys that do it are pretty gnarly, so. Yeah, so, yeah, so, and then also he builds some pretty beautiful RC cars, too. Nice. He's got this one... And, I mean, he did a killer job. I want to say he used the Proline 57 Chevy. He did it. Was like, it was like super like old-school paint job, all black with the yellow and red flames um, on the hood. 
he had some beautiful cage work for it. I mean, the thing was, it was a, it was a beautiful truck. I couldn't believe he actually took it out on the trail. Not scared. Not scared at all. It's tough taking something like that and beating on it. Oh yeah, so, it hurts. It hurts bad. Like we've watched the gatekeeper slowly like lose its shiny new luster and become a very used car <laughs> from everything that we've done. There's been a lot of uh, sacrifices made in the name of good pictures and video footage that we wouldn't normally do with a car. Yeah, but you know what? I don't know. Like I have certain cars. Like I get what you're saying because I have certain cars that I will push to the limits, and just because I'm kind of like, eh, you know. It's it's not like a super crazy build, but then I got other cars that, like, as soon as it starts tipping over, I'm not kidding. I do the hand of God. I run over there. I cradle that thing. I'm like, nope, this thing oh, is yeah. not falling off that, you know. The, yeah. the one that I felt the, the I will admit, the worst I've ever treated a car, and I can't believe I did it. And I think it was because I truly thought I could save it. We were out at Moon Rocks one year, um, for fire and ice, and actually no, it wasn't fire and ice it was birthday bash and i had the tow truck rusty nuts with me and um we were i was following elio up some some line and i forget what car he was running he that might be back when he was running his cheetah rig all the time and i was you know following up something and i started going off like camber like i was starting to ride the ridge the wrong way so i was trying to like get myself back up onto it and it started going, so I said, all right, here's the time. I think if my tires can hook, I'll have it. So I just throttled, and it ended up just, like, launching me off the ridge, and it went, like, three feet to, like, the sand below. And when it, land and when it landed, because that one's got a different shock setup in the rear, um, I actually think we might be using team-associated mounts of some sort. Um, they're almost like a threaded-on, like um, – like, oh yeah, shock standoff. I know what you're talking yeah. about. Yeah, it, it's kind of almost like a nut, but it's got a taper that their shock eye slides yes. over. Yeah. Okay. Yep. So we ha so it has those. So when it landed, it blew the shocks off of that, and it actually uh, busted one of the corner welds on that bed. Oh no. Well, I fixed it all, but I'm just like <laughs> Elio was like, dude, I can't believe you launched that thing like that. I said, I wasn't trying to launch it. I was trying to get back up over the hump. <laughs> yeah we travis and i went out for a video and photo session with uh he had his bronco and i had the scout and man i tell you what it was just like don't scratch it oh god don't let it flip over like it was just treating them like they were made out of glass it was pretty funny yeah it's always hard and then i mean i don't know like i said the one that i was the car and i mean even to this day but then again i haven't really run it since i put the uc fab cage on it was uh my deadbolt my deadbolt was like one of those cars i was kind of like eh, let's just see how far i could take it that's kind of how my comp truck is like i just i don't know it that's kind of the purpose for certain rigs though is like you want to see what they can do and you want to see how capable they are so i mean it's just you do stuff you wouldn't do with like a super scale rig or anything and so but it, it's fun having something like i care about all my cars obviously i want to take really good care of them but it's kind of nice having something that you can just drive that you don't really have to worry about it you know staying beautiful so that you can just do stuff you wouldn't normally do and then it makes it you know, really rewarding if you are able to pull it off because you weren't afraid of hurting it. Yeah, I used to be that way a lot too with my um, poncho. 
the ten two honcho, the tan one. Oh yeah, that's right. I forgot. You still have that? I forgot about that one. Well, I still have the chassis. That thing got morphed into something else, but oh. um, that one actually, that one got turned into my yellow blazer. Oh okay, gotcha. So what I did was, which I don't even know if she still has it, but I want to say it was Tony Phelan's niece won that body at that that axial fest 20 i think it was 2017 um we were doing something so what we did for ckrc since it was since that was their last year no 2018 was our last year um but what we wanted to do was something you know kind of cool for ckrc give them a little more you know publicity um we actually raffled off the um the car, or I guess you could say they raffled it off. We we picked a bunch of names, and we tried to pick all kids. So we had like a bunch of kids that were, I think they still had cars, but or no, were they part of the known owning cars? I don't know. I forget the logistics, but I don't want to bore you to death trying to remember what we did. But um, we basically had to. We were raffling off two cars, and the second car was the car that CKRC used for the Dollar Dash, but. You know how those guys are at the Dollar Dash. They hammer that thing. Like, I mean, mm-hmm. it is like, it looks like hamburger by the end of the night. And, I mean, if you ever want to see an RTR turn into something that doesn't look like an RTR, man, he goes, let a bunch of grown people betting to get the fastest time without flipping over. We need to bring the Dollar Dash back. We need to do that at Die Hard. I forgot about that event. I never participated in it, but, like, at night I've gone back and, like, driven on that their little course for it and stuff super super cool but i think that's a neat thing so i i think the dollar dash needs to come back and be a part of more things it's a great idea yeah it is and so we gave the car away but i felt bad because i'm like you can't give somebody this car look at the body so so i took my so i had the honcho with me and i said you know what this served me well but i'm gonna put it on the dollar dash you know uh, chassis the the one from there I went over everything anything that was broken got replaced but I put my body on it with that custom like overlanding looking bed that I did for it yeah yeah put all that on there and that was given away so she won it uh, it was it was ironic it was uh, Tony Fail I, I swear it was her his niece and she won it and uh, she actually, uh, Tony Phelan's wife posted pictures of her using it for a while, and then it, one of the, like anything else, kind of got quiet. So, not sure if she still has it or not. Man, I see it's making me miss Axial Fest and stuff like that. Like it really is. Like I, I just remember the first time showing up there and like seeing how big C- CKRC's booth was, and like. RPPs was ridiculous. I can't, I can't even imagine like tear down and set up. I mean, they had like build an entire hobby shop at that event. So, Oh yeah. Yeah. It was cool. It was neat seeing that stuff. Totally. And, uh, yeah, I mean, it was, it was pretty cool. So yeah, so that, so that, uh, body went to that. And then I actually don't even know what I was going to do. I just off the body at the time. Cause I said, it's time for something else. And I forget what I was going to do, but, um, I said, yeah, it's going to become something else. And then shortly after, they came out with the Blazer. And that's when I said, 
I want a blazer, so I took the, you know, I bought the body and turned it into a blazer. So, oh, interesting news. So I I still get RC Car Action magazine, uh-huh. and I opened it up today, and I see this big giant Traxxas ad, and guess what bodies it was for? Sixty nine and seventy two blazer. Really? Yeah. Like, one of them looks just like the axial one, but it doesn't have a removable hardtop. Crazy, huh? Huh. I wonder how, like, I wonder if Axial's going to lose their licensing or something, because I haven't seen, I'm going to open it up, but I don't believe I've seen that body on A-Main in a very long, or that car even, on A-Main for a long time. So, I wonder if they lost their licensing rights and Traxxas came along and snatched it up, because I was pretty surprised. I know, like, probably most people don't really care about stuff like that, but, like, with me, I, I don't know, I mean, I find that stuff interesting, and like oh wait a second what's going on here so let me i'm gonna look really quick and see if i can still find that blazer there dude it's funny i've seen people talking about like selling their laser nut rig to get the gatekeeper and stuff i thought that was pretty wild interesting Interesting. yeah right well the only reason why i think it's because unfortunately you know laser nut that rig never should have got put on a low c car and I think it would do a lot better. Yeah, I, I think I was a little disappointed that it wasn't on an Axial. Just, you know, just because I think we were all expecting that. And I don't know. It made me a little bit sad, but whatever. I mean, really, it doesn't affect me any being an associated driver now. But still, I mean, for nostalgia's sake, it bummed me out. Yeah, no, I get what you're saying. And, like, me being, like, and I'm not I'm not a Axial-sponsored driver but i am a big time axial supporter been you know running axial since i got into this um i just like yeah i thought they were going to put it on you know it was going to be some like almost like rebranded yeti or something but i'm also wondering if that's kind of why um horizon decided to put it on the low c is because i'm wondering if they were kind of like look the Yeti, you know, platform historically never really did that well without spending a ton of money on it. So they're like, we have the parts for like the Baja Ray and all that stuff. Let's, you know, make it off of something that we know can hold up. Yeah. So I don't know. That that's my thought, but I, I don't know. Um. Yeah, dude, it's it's gone. No more Blazer SCX102. But you know what? In in all seriousness, too, um, you know, Axial is known for that. They have a certain rig, and then they eventually just phase it out. Um, I mean, like, look at the Power Wagon. I don't, I don't even know how many people. That didn't stick around very long, did it? No, it didn't. We had one of those too. I still have the body, actually, but no, we uh, we have we had one of those, and I hung on to the body. For and it. and like I said, I just wonder if it's like they, if it's a licensing issue, like if like the the actual you know like owners are kind of like, hey, you know, we we want a little more than this, or we want this, or something happens, and then they're like, okay, never mind, we're just gonna end it. Or if it's one of those. It doesn't sell as well as they thought it would, and then they just kind of phase out what's in stock, and then 
that's the end of it. But I mean, you do also got to look at it. I mean, the Blazer was out, the Deadbolt was out, the Honcho was out, and they had still. And then I think they had re- released the UMG10. So I mean, if you think about it, they had how many different versions of basically the same car? I think they just kind of watched what was selling and what wasn't, and just kind of yeah. phased it out. Yeah, exactly. Well, it looks like they still offer the body for now, so I'm seeing that on their site, just not the actual... Well, see, and then that's actually also what's pretty cool, is they will... Usually, most of these companies keep the body going around for a while, because, like, I remember I found um, the 2012 uh, Jeep, which is what the black Jeep, you know, Fool's Gold is uh, made from. Um, That's actually a body that I found, you know, what was that, a year and a half, two years ago? Yeah. So. It's crazy. Yep. Speaking of, man, I do got to put it in order because that's another one I want to change the graphics on. Which one? The, the black one. Say it again. Oh, yeah. So. Crazy. Yep. Huh. Learned a lot tonight. Uh, what else? That's interesting. Say? Yeah. The Oh, the other thing, too, Um, I was going to say it. I don't know how it is up where you are, but, like, oh, we were getting spoiled. Like, I think the last week or two, after we had that weird rain, um, we were getting, we were back to, like, clear skies, no more smoke, <laughs> fires yep. are out. Boom. This weekend got rocked with two big old fires right back to square one. I'm not kidding. Today, I mean, right before we started doing this, it was, like, 7 o'clock, and it was still 82 degrees out. I was like, it feels like you're in the middle of summer still. Dude, that's how it was Tuesday at the um, meet and greet event at Die Hard. So it was like we had just beautiful, we had a bunch of rain and then just beautiful clear weather and just really, really nice. And like Tuesday, it was just awesome, like 70 plus degrees. I mean, couldn't have been better. Like the most summer feeling day we had in a long time. And on top of that, it was like you know, like nice breathable air. And then yesterday it all came back. Now it's all smoky and shitty again. Tell, it's so strange. Tell me about it. And then like the weird thing too is I was eating dinner and like when you look up in the sky, it's almost like it looks overcast because there's so much smoke. So you'd almost be preparing for like a rainstorm, but yeah. Yep. It's, yeah. Early in the morning here, we get a lot of fog and like you, you just can't tell. Like it's just, okay. Is it, is it smoky? Is it, you know, foggy? What what the hell's going on here? Yeah, and we get that too, and it's kind of like the same thing. I mean, then then we had a really actually this week was really weird. So Monday was like unbearable. I'm not kidding. Like I really like Monday was my like laziest day. I didn't want to do anything because I mean I had to. I was at work, but I mean I just didn't. I really wasn't motivated to do anything because we went from all this what I call comfortable weather, not trying to kill you off, like, you know, in the 80s and stuff, to it was 106. I'm not kidding. By 11 o'clock, it was 96 degrees out. And I'm going, what is going on? Like, this is ridiculous. And then (laughs) by 3 o'clock, we hit 106 degrees. And I was like, this is is just gnarly. And then the next day, I had to replace a, a post on a front porch and the lady was like, oh, you can come as early as you want, you know, because I don't want you to be out here working in the heat and this, that, and the other. And I was like, yeah, I'm probably going to take you up on that. 
oh, I prepared for like the same kind of weather, and it was weird. It was like the polar opposite. By like lunchtime, it was still hadn't even crested 82. And I was wow. like, what is going on? And then yesterday was like uh, 91, 92, and then today was a little hotter. It got up to like 96, 97, so I don't know what's going on. Wow, that's wild. Yep, it's uh, it's like it's weird, and that's the other thing that's getting weird too, is because historically, when we go to the crawl for a cure event, you know, same as this one, the crawl, crawling out of COVID, I'm usually in jeans by now, because we get to the event, it's like high of 72 degrees, but in the morning it's like 48, and then by the time the sun goes down, it just starts dropping, but. I was I've been watching the weather and they were like it's supposed to be like a high of eighty eight. Oh wow. I was like we're still it almost feels like we're still in the middle of summer. Yeah, no kidding. So but yeah, I don't know. I'm I, I mean I, I am I'm ready for the, the, the season to change already. I'm ready for for the colder weather. I'm so over the heat. I don't mind it. I'm like one of the few weirdos up here that doesn't really care if it gets cold or not. Like rain sucks, you know, like, and we do get a lot of rain. Like, oh, so quick story. So I had messaged Schultz and was like, hey, do you want to see some of the spots that we go to? Because like, honestly, in my opinion, it's some of like best crawling in the country. And he's like, yeah, you bet. You know, so I'm like, all right, cool. Let's meet up. So Brett and Brenda from Die Hard and myself and Schultz, I'll meet at Safeway in Anacortes in the parking lot there. And dude, it was coming down. Like I knew it was going to rain, but it was just, I mean, raining hard and we're all just kind of standing there and I felt so bad I was like dude I just wasted these people's entire day by you know inviting them out here it's going to be rainy and miserable nobody's going to have a good time and Brett says to me he goes oh you know what he goes it's just how it is up here he goes watch it'll it'll blow through and clear up just wait and I was like all right that's, that's you know that's pretty wishful thinking I think but all right cool you know so we head up to Cap Sani which is this park that overlooks a marina and like I, I call it like our own Corona Del Mar like up here because it's kind of a similar type thing and uh, we get there and it had just stopped raining and the sun's starting to peek through the sky and dude it ended up being sunny and nice the entire rest of the time and then I took John to Mount Erie which is another really cool park and uh, it had started to get a little bit overcast and a little mist but nothing bad but man I just totally dodged a bullet there like I, I just felt so bad I was like dude he's gonna hate this it's gonna be miserable but he had a blast he actually ended up taking his wife back up to Erie and showing her the place because it's got a pretty incredible view and like I was trying I was telling him about how like seaplanes and other airplanes fly by and like when they fly they're actually lower than you are up on top of this mountain and sure enough, here comes a plane, and we're, like, staring at the top of its wings as it's flying underneath us while we're standing next to this big, huge cliff and looking down at it. Like, it was just wild. It, it worked out really cool because you got to experience some pretty neat stuff here. So it was definitely a good time. We had a lot of fun. Nice. It sounds like it. Yeah, it was good. Had a lot of people turn out for the drag race and the trail run. I thought that was great. A lot of people showed up for that. So that was really cool. Awesome. Yeah, it was it was a good time. 
I tell you what, it like so I I have this habit of just choking really hard when like especially with racing when if I'm doing well and like the race director starts like calling my name over the speaker, you know, like, oh, we've had a lead change or Jeremy Kendall's doing blah, 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 whatever. Dude, like, as soon as somebody says my name and there's any kind of attention drawn to me, I just choke bad, bad, bad and just suck. And the entire time, like, I'm usually, I mean, I'm not trying to sound, you know, cocky or toot my own horn too bad, but, like, I'm usually a pretty darn good driver. And, dude, I sucked so bad around John I could not drive around him like it just dumb mistakes and all this stuff and he was kind of giving me shit he was like hey you know you're a little hard on your stuff I was like dude normally I'm so nice to it like I'm not hard on my equipment I promise like this like for whatever reason I just can't drive around you and so like Travis starts laughing and he's like yeah this always happens like the minute the camera comes out or somebody says his name or something he just fails so that was kind of funny. It was super embarrassing. I did absolutely terrible every time I put a radio in my hand when he was here. So that was neat. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Pretty bad. Yeah. Um, mostly I say, yeah, that's really, I mean, that's really about it. I mean. Oh, there, there is some Horizon news. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Um, I don't know how many people are into like trophy trucks and stuff like this. I think it's rad that Horizon's still kind of carrying the torch with the whole trophy truck scene, you know, in addition to Traxxas, but they're super Baja Ray. They just came out with a new version that is the Brenthel Industries livery, and it looks so good. There's that one and then a King Shocks version. They look absolutely fantastic. And these, for those that don't know, which I'm sure most of you probably do, but for those that don't know, these are their big one-sixth scale trophy trucks. They're massive, and the thing looks absolutely incredible. I mean, it just... It is a really sweet-looking truck, so that's something new that's out that people will look forward to. Um, looks like you can get into those for... Where'd it go? Where'd it go? Must be on the previous page. Sorry, one sec. I'm flipping through A-Main. Um, let's see. What a dummy. What did I do? Come on, where is it now? Oh, I selected the wrong thing. Sorry, everybody. Um, looks like eight ninety nine retail. Kind of expensive, but about what you would expect to pay for one of those things. Because I think the Traxxas is right in there too, if I remember right. But it's super cool. It's got full cage, two spares, which is really neat looking. So yeah, it's a pretty rad rig. And for nine hundred bucks, it'd better be. Yeah. Like they, is that's the price? Eight nine or yeah, eight ninety nine ninety nine. But it's it's six scale, so it's huge. Oh, but I mean, yeah. they they actually like went all out though on this thing as far as like scale details. I mean. They've got shock reservoirs. They've got a fire suppression system. They've got a fuel fill that's not just a sticker. It's like a molded plastic piece. They've got a jack um, 
you know, speed jack that has low C graphics on it. Like it looks really, really good. So I mean, yeah, it's pricey, but it's got rad scale details, light bars, things like that. So I don't know. If you have that kind of money to burn, cool. I think it would be a pretty neat thing to own. But uh you're definitely gonna pay for it. <laughs> wow. Well, so the only reason I'm going to bring this up is because they're kind of a big name, and I've been waiting to see if they ever get in, like, back into kind of like the scale, you know, or not, I guess, like, the, basically the radio control world. A while back, Formal Parts, you know, they used to they used to sell Traxxas. They used to, like, you know, that was, like, actually something they sold. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, obviously Formal Parts being one of the biggest names in the off-road world, well, Formal Parts now has their own tires and wheels. One-to-one stuff? One-to-one stuff. That's pretty rad. So I'm wondering how long before they work with somebody to create scale. Yeah. Because Foil Parts, that name being so big, it really blows my mind that there hasn't been more Foil Parts stuff. Yeah, you know, they've been on my list of people to contact to do if four-wheel parts themed wrap but i just haven't gotten around to it yet so yeah so i don't know it's it'll be interesting i mean because like they've done some weird collaborations like for instance um i know this is totally off topic but um i you know i like uh wearing dixon flannel uh that company like makes some of like the most like comfortable flannels ever Oh, yeah, really nice ones. And they teamed up with Foil Parts, but the interesting part about it was you could only buy it exclusively from Foil Parts. Interesting. So, yeah, so I have a Foil Parts Dixon flannel, um, and I actually like it too because it's kind of like the colors that I like, like my go-to colors. It's actually a black and with like gold striping. Nice. So like a dark gold too. It's not like, you know, bright. It's so it's, it's pretty cool. Um, but yeah, so I mean, four parts being just one of those names. I'm just like like I said, I'm surprised you haven't seen more in the scale world from them. Yeah, that's interesting. Maybe I'll take it upon myself to make that happen. And then the other thing I just wanted to mention, which is kind of cool, um, I'm not real one to like kind of like watch, you know analytics and all that stuff and figure out like what's doing well and what doesn't do well but there is one thing I noticed so I follow that co- that company 454 Motorsports and when that post of the of them building a full size slash popped up in my feed I was like this is our podcast page worthy Oh yeah, that that was so cool. I had never seen that before until you posted that. And the best part about it, that's one of our best photos we've posted to date. No kidding. Yep. Wow. So they did a nice job on it. I probably would have put a little bit bigger tires on it if I could have, but aside from that, it looked great. Yeah, no, they did they did a really cool like really cool, you know, concept with that and uh, they, it was pretty spot on. I mean, I you know I wish they would have did another picture where you can kind of see the car like the RC car a little bit more because I think a lot of people didn't realize that there was a slash on the ground next to that yeah <laughs> which is cool but um yeah no I mean it's rad um, even 454 I like that photo 
Oh, no kidding. That's cool. So, yeah. So, it's cool. I mean, like, I don't know. I've been trying to give our Instagram um, a little more, you know, something because I know we that's our one social media we kind of lack on. Um, mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah. So, you know, obviously a lot of people liked it because, like I said, it's been doing pretty well. Um, Speaking of stats and stuff, holy hell. So... I'm looking at our podcast dashboard and our all-time downloads are 17,500 and just in the last 30 days, which I think is our biggest number to date for 30 days is 1,288 downloads. Wow. That's a lot. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's a lot. Well, it's no, that's pretty cool. The cool thing is I like the fact that it's like, you know, this was something that we talked about as an idea for how long, and then we finally just did it and kind of like, and I think that's the best part about it is we had the mentality like, hey, we're just going to do this. If people want to come along for the ride, cool. Yeah, exactly. It it was just like, hey, we're going to do this regardless just because it's fun and we enjoy it, so let's just do it. Yeah, and other people seem to enjoy it, and, and it's kind of like crazy. I mean, like, I should actually talk to Tim about that one time and be like, hey, like, you know, like, how does it feel to know, like, however many years ago you started on podcast number one, and you're, like, on, like, what is he on, like, almost, like, 200 or 200 and something by now? Good lord. That's I don't know if he's hit 200 yet, but he's got quite he, a bit of episodes. Yeah, he does. It seems like he goes a longer period in between them than we do. He does. I want to say he's bi-weekly, if not once a month. There was there was his one weird, and I don't know if it was when he was getting his procedure done or not, but there was the hiatus that he had, and I'm not kidding. It was like almost four months. And wow. I was like starting to get like worried, like was something going on. But um, I think it was it was twofold. It was one he had his procedure, and two he I think he was just kind of like burnt out at the time, so he took a break. And now he's yeah. back and just I understand. You know, so it happens. But yeah, I'm gonna check our Patreon balance really quick here while we're talking about this stuff because. That's the Adam Plane Ticket Fund. Click on Income. Click on Payouts. What are we up to? Oh my goodness. Two hundred eighty-four fifty. We have enough for a round trip ticket for you. Nice. Now we just gotta figure out a time. Well, I'm working on trying to get you fired from your job so that you'll have more free time. <laughs> and you can thank you can thank me later. But <laughs> yeah, that's pretty neat. That's a lot of money. Yeah. Thank you, everybody. That that's all you guys. Thank you so much. That's that's pretty rad. And when the day does happen, which we should just try and do it this spring or something, you know, before it gets all hot and nasty and everything, and just so it's enjoyable. But. I'm really, really looking forward to the three of us hitting some trails and getting some video and photos and stuff. I think it's just going to be awesome. I don't know how many days you think you'd be able to take, but it would be cool if you could spend several here. Yeah, I'd love, I definitely love to do like kind of like a long weekend, you know, probably come in Friday, head back out, you know, late Sunday. So that'd be cool. That'd be enough time for us to show you a lot of really neat stuff. 
But yep. Um, yeah, I mean it's fun. I mean, like I said, there there's definitely some areas I'd love to you know check out. Um, and up by you guys is definitely one of them. Um, you know, Washington has a lot of beautiful you know mountain ranges and whatnot and lakes. So I mean, well, you saw the pictures of our trip, right? Dude, that place was epic. That you know, the other place I really want to go to is Colorado. There is a lot of neat country in Colorado. Yes, Colorado, and then another one. I mean, I don't know why I'm fascinated with it, but I mean, like, there's parts of Utah that are just like gorgeous. Oh, I know, right, dude? Like all the pictures that like Chris and those guys would post. That was stuff near. Um, where's the spot where all of them go? I'm drawing a blank now. Um, not Gordon. It's some weird name like that. Jordan, Utah. West Jordan, something like that. Yep. I think I think it's West Jordan. But anyways, that place looks sick. Utah would be a really cool one. Well, didn't Elio go down there for a trip? And Yeah, he was just there like a week ago or so. Did he have any like feedback? Like, did he enjoy it? Oh, yeah. No, he enjoyed it. He's, I'm surprised he didn't tell me he wanted to move there. Um, oh, really? He, he, I mean, he was telling me about all the cool stuff and like, you know, I mean, I guess it just comes from being in a state like California. Like, it was like twofold for him. He um, he loved the fact that like the laws were different. Like, you could drive a side by side down the street. Like, you know, as long dude, it's that way up here now. How cool is that? I mean, it's pretty rad. So, um, he's just like, you know, he's like, oh, that's so cool. We'd be like sitting there eating dinner, and all of a sudden, here comes, you know, a group of guys in their side by sides just ripping down the street. Like, no big deal. So what I've heard about Utah, just seeing it from a motorsports perspective, like road racing and supercross and motocross, Utah and like the governor at the time had even said that he was really supportive of it. They are a really motorsports friendly state, like total opposite of California. Like they're just all about off-road and racing and just i mean really really cool they have a massive massive motorsports park out there so it's just a cool state that they actually like see the tourist value you know what i mean like it's they recognize the fact that stuff like that brings income to local businesses and so therefore they support it and have laws that help accommodate people that are interested in motorsports and just really really seems like a cool place Oh yeah, no, it's definitely cool. Um, and then like he was blown away about the prices of everything, like gas. You know, he called. He had to call me and tell me. He goes, dude, I just passed a diesel uh, pump. He goes two nineteen, and I said, yeah, I know. As soon as you get out of California, it drops almost like two dollars. What's like regular gas there right now in California? Yeah, like where you are. I have no idea, honestly, because I haven't been near a I. Ironically, I have not fueled up since last Saturday, so I have not. So I think we're at like two fifty nine, two sixty nine for regular right now. I have no idea what diesel is, but I want to say we're probably about that, maybe a little bit higher, because typically, typically, diesel is about almost twenty cents higher, and the last time I got diesel, it was three twenty five. It's really not bad. I mean, I remember just a couple of years ago paying like five bucks a gallon for gas. So anything underneath that in my book is much, much better. As long as it's not five bucks a gallon, we're cool. Exactly. 
God, I, dude, I, I, when it was like that, I probably, I don't know, stayed home more in my entire life when gas prices were high like that. Like I just didn't really have the money to spend on going all kinds of places like that and cruising around, which is fine because it just made me focus more on work, but I definitely wasn't doing any big trips or anything like that. But now it's like actually halfway reasonable to the point where you can go and do some fun stuff and it doesn't cost arm and a leg. Well, I've definitely gotten spoiled lately. So flashback to when I first got my license, my first truck, I bought my dad's old work truck off of him, which was a 1989 single cab long bed Chevy 3500 with a 454. And it was the it was the throttle body injected, not the Vortec. Um, and dude, that thing, I kid you not, six miles, seven miles to the gallon tops. Ugh. And being a high school kid, wanting to go meet up with your friends, I mean, dude, I had all the power. I used to, I mean, okay, so back then we used to think we were off roaders. We'd go and find a mud hole and we'd be like doing donuts in it, and we thought we were like, <laughs> you know. That's right. We thought we were badasses. But um, I used to always get the phone calls because everyone would get stuck, and I was the only one with the horsepower to pull them out. <laughs> Is that where 454 Motorsports got their name was from the Chevy Motor? I'm assuming. Interesting. I mean – It kind of stands to reason that the picture of the truck was a Chevy. So. I mean they do a lot of work with Chevys. Like um, they're, they're, out of, they're out of the Arizona area. Um, I believe they do a lot of – yeah, they do a lot of like trophy truck style stuff. It's it's like really weird. It's like if you ever notice like in the off road world, Jeep and Toyota reign like supreme. Like they, somebody's building something for a Toyota, someone's building some sort of a Jeep. Um, and then when you get into like the go fast desert scene, it's like all Chevys. And I think a lot of that has to do with the fact that Chevy's IFS. I'm sure it's going to change a little bit now. Now that Ford you know, obviously with the Raptor, but like an even Dodge having the IFS and the 1500s, I'm I'm sure that's going to start, you know, gaining traction. But it was always do the long arm kit on a, you know, Chevy 1500 and go have fun. Nice. So, but yeah, that was my first truck. And I remember, I w I'm not kidding, I was at the gas station at least every other day. The last Chevy I had was a 99 long bed extended cab four-wheel drive with this 6.2 liter, uh -huh. I think it was. No. Was it a 6.2? No, 6.0. Or 6. 6.0. 6.0, okay. Yeah, that dude, that thing was so terrible on gas. Oh, oh my God. Yep. Tell me about it. So, And it was a one ton, so it just rode like shit too. So that is the exact reason I went with the truck I went with for my new truck. Um, that I just that is a little over a year old now. Um, a lot of people were telling me that I was. They would I wouldn't say they were saying I was an idiot. They were just th afraid I was making a bad choice going with diesel. They're like, "Are you sure you really want to go diesel? You know it's going to cost you more. It's going to be this. It's going to be that." And I said, "You know, you should know me by now. I don't go in and out of vehicles." I said, "This thing, you know, in theoretically, historically speaking." diesels have a longer lifespan than a gas engine. So I was like, if I keep this thing as long as I've kept my 94, 
I don't see there ever really being an issue. Whereas if I got a gas version, yeah, you know, I don't know how long I can go on that motor. Um, right. But the other big t there was a couple other big ticket items, and I know this is like totally off topic from our normal show, but uh, <laughs> it was basically came down to fuel mileage and resale value. Um, right. You know the the Chevy gas engines and the three quarter ton and even the one tons, um, they're just dogs. I mean, it doesn't matter if you're towing a trailer. I mean, I guess the only thing you could say is they're consistent. It doesn't matter if you're towing a trailer, going uphill, downhill, completely empty, 10 miles to the gallon. It's just like, I mean, everyone says the same thing, 10 miles to the gallon. So I don't know if they're getting better because now it's a little confusing. I don't understand if Chevy copied Ford or Ford copied Chevy. I don't understand what this thing is of having the same size gas engine as your diesel engine because it confuses the people looking at the badges. Yeah, I could see that. Because I like would be, I would be someone to get confused by that. Because like now I see a 2500 HD which obviously goes on both, but the new trucks will say 6.6. And it's like, okay, is it a diesel or is it a gas because they both are 6.6. The diesel's always been a 6.6 liter engine, and now your gas engine is a 6.6. And then Ford kind of did the same thing, except for right now they're not running the same numbers, but they had just released, I want to say about a year ago, they just released the 7.3 gas motor, and you know their iconic diesel engine was the 7.3. Strange. So, I mean, it's, yeah. But anyways, um, the, uh, the uh, yeah, so gas, you know, it, I was just worried about fuel mileage and longevity. And then lastly, you know, was, you know, resale. If something were to happen, if I couldn't work or something I had to get out of the truck, I know I could sell the diesel a lot faster for little loss and you know make a ton of, like make almost all my money back whereas the gas it's not you know it's harder to sell i remember when i was first looking before i went the new route everything i found um like it was there was a lot of people getting rid of the gas and they just sat like i mean i would be searching up oh, same same trucks that i've been staring at for the last 6 months all still there and I just think the gas has a harder chance. Unless you're that person that's just anti-diesel, I think gas has a harder time resale-wise than diesel. Yeah. So. No, I definitely. And with diesel, too, I mean, like, as long as you don't monkey with them, they, like you said, they really will last a long time. Well, and that's the thing. I'm probably not doing anything to this truck. I have buddies that always hit me up. They're like, when are you going to delete it? When are you going to do this? When are you going to – I said, this thing staying the way it is. I said, the minute I start doing all that, you run into all kinds of issues. Well, not really. I mean you get rid of the problematic parts of the truck, but you run into issues like quote-unquote legality. You know, like are you going to be able to pass smog? You know, are you going to like – because now, you know, especially in California, supposedly they're coming down hard and like they, they know the parts to look for if you've modified your truck. That sucks. I've heard of CHP 
pulling people over for whatever, you know, taillight out, speeding, tint, whatever, and while they have you pulled over, they bust out the mirror and they start walking underneath and looking underneath your truck to see if your exhaust has been modified. You know what's weird here is it's all by county. Strange, huh? Yeah. Like in Seattle, you have to worry about smog stuff. I don't have to have my truck smogged at all here, so I just have a just straight through, but kind of crazy. Yeah, I think, it, I, I mean, obviously there are some counties like where I have, which I'll probably end up doing with the Duramax, but where I have the 94 registered, uh, where my parents' cabin is, that's a smog-exempt county, so I don't have to smog the truck. Weird, yeah, so it's like up here. But um, there's only certain counties that do that. So majority of California, you're stuck with smog in your vehicle. But Which is lame. They ruin all your fun. Yeah, well. It's not just them. It's the EPA. Yeah, I can see that. So they push the rules, and then California tries to... They say, oh, we like that, but we want to make it worse. That's where it comes from. A-holes. But back to tiny trucks. Um, yeah. I mean, I think we covered everything pretty much. I mean, the, the gatekeeper, obviously, the talk of the town, talk of the trail, talk of the internet. Um, and it's going to be interesting to see. Like, what I'm really curious because... And quote me if I'm wrong. I have not really seen like Vanquish come out with hop-up parts for any of the Enduro products. I don't know if they're gonna. I don't know if they will. I like. I'm wondering, are they gonna wait and see how all this goes? I mean, honestly, if I mean, if I was them, I'd be trying to crank out some parts left, right, and center because you got to do it while the market's hot. If, if these are selling now, you know people are going to want to upgrade them. You better come out with the blingy stuff now so people start spending their money on it. Yeah. Because if you wait and the car becomes old news, they're going to be like, nah, why am I going to upgrade it? Yeah, true. So um, I guess the other thing, since we did not, I mean, I don't know, did you put up anything about us recording? No, I didn't actually, just because I knew we had so much to talk about that I figured we wouldn't do questions this time. Okay, because I was going to say, I was just about to check to see if any questions. I guess while I'm here, I'll just check on our page and see if we have any more messages to go over. I saw a funny comment by somebody on our Patreon that listened to the Dan Davidson from Beef Tubes episode, and he was asking for veal tubes for the SEX24, and I thought that was pretty funny. Huh. <laughs> Um, well, I guess I can circle back to this. Alex Sims, he, um, yeah, he said that he finally figured out, because remember I was, we were talking about this on the last episode about he had the servo issue. Yeah. Um, he basically responded with, uh, it was a servo issue, uh, that was caused by the transmitter steering poten potentiometer being oh, okay. funny, so he said he's got full power again, servo still slams to the side when ESC is turned off 
while BEC is still sending power to it, running Hobbywing 1080, Reef's Raw 500 Servo, and a Castle 2.0 BEC. Thanks for the help and taking my questions on air. Well, you're welcome, Alex. I mean, I, I wish we'd be where we could be like a little more helpful, you know, with some of this, but it's so hard to diagnose stuff like through text and everything, and you know, sometimes you just need it there because they might have done something funny, you know that they aren't telling you about or you can't see in a picture and you know if you see it there in person then you got a little easier time trying to figure out what the story is so it's hard we try um and then another one um scooter scott sent us some photos i don't know if you've been following this um he's in the middle of an element ifs axial six by six in the works so oh yeah um, yeah, he did like a Chevy cab on it. Yeah, which is actually funny. What I exactly what I told him is exactly what happened. He asked me if I knew anywhere to find that Proline um, Chevy, the 2014 body style, and I said no. I think it's discontinued. Unfortunately, I said my my go to when I something's um, you know um, retired or, you know, no longer in production. Um, I basically go to Amazon, see if I can find anything, because sometimes there'll be, like, the smaller hobby shops that sell stuff through Amazon, and you can find it. Same with eBay. Um, and then well, my last resort is go to your local hobby shop and just scour the walls, because sometimes you'll find a body sitting there, and you're like, holy crap, I remember this. I can't believe they still have one. And it's just something that never got, no one ever else ever found it, and you might find it. He was asking me all these questions. Have you? Can you check out A-Main? Can you check out your local hobby shop? Can you check out this? Can you ask friends to start looking in theirs and this, that, and the other? Like he, I mean, he was like, he really wanted that Chevy, that Chevy cab. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, I could try. I get, a, I get a message from him like two days after that. He goes, you're not going to believe it. I walked into my hobby shop to get something, and I just happened to look at the bodies and look what I found. And I said, what did I tell you? I said, go to your hobby shop and look on the wall. You, you might be surprised what you find. So, <laughs> That's great. He That's said, this, this whole time I've been looking everywhere, and it was at my local hobby shop. So, no, it was pretty cool. And, and, I, and I told him, I said, the reason why I was in favor of that Chevy Cab 2 is because it keeps it more realistic because he went with the IFS. Yeah. Because he was going to go with the 66 Chevy, and I said the only problem with that is that's more iconic to have a straight axle. Yeah, unless you're like building a pre-runner out of it, you're not really going to see IFS on something like that. So I was like, eh. I said, dude, you got to find a modern Chevy cab. So, but nope. He found it. Uh, he's working on the bed now, so it's turning out pretty cool. Nice. Well, good. So, and then I believe that's really about it. Uh, the only other message we got was uh, Scale Metal Supply tagged us or mentioned us in their story, and then um, Alan from STP Ridgeline shared a video. And I guess it's something about, I guess a, Operation 11 Charlie RC is doing, uh, they got something going on on Monday. So 
If I play the video, it's probably going to end up playing through the speakers, so I don't want to... Oh, yeah, who knows? <laughs> I don't want to blow everybody out, but if I remember correctly, because I watched it on my um, feed, I believe it's for Operation 11 Charlie RC. So, nice. But, um, yeah. So is there anything else you want to add before we make this too long in the tooth? Um, no, that was really, I think we really kind of covered everything, honestly. Yeah. Yeah. Hour and 31 minutes, too. Good not, timing. Not bad. Um, which is actually weird. I don't know if yours is doing this. is the first time I've noticed that I don't have a counter on my screen. Oh, for the call window? Mm-hmm. Oh, I just look on, um, Audacity. Yeah, but normally when we're on, when we're on this, it tells me the, um. Huh. Weird, yeah, and I never noticed that. I didn't know it did that. Hmm, interesting. Crazy. But, anywho. All right, well. All righty, gang. I think that'll do it for this week. All righty, guys. Well, have a great weekend, and we will check you all later. Peace.